Hello and welcome to a new fresh episode and a fresh new season of Chipping Away. Your hosts Akash and Durga will take you again on journeys of South Asia, its culture, archaeology and everything in between. Exactly. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of you all out there, our wonderful listeners for supporting us through this journey. And hopefully we've been there to help you know a little bit more about our collective past. And speaking of the collective sense of community, we owe it to the amazing women around us to acknowledge their contributions to the field of study that we indulge in. We just celebrated March as the Women's History Month from 1st to 31st of March 2021. And as a shout out to women and their amazing contributions, let's take a look at women in the past. So if we go way back, like way back, and talk about the the advent of religion or development of religion, culture, and all the other constructs around it. The agency of women is mm, lopsided at best, don't you think? True. While on the one hand, you have mothers and goddesses and the presence of divine mothers, somehow a lot of women deities tend to be underpowered. Right. Or there is this one narrative of a temptress or a witch-like figure that is attributed to female characters. So when we go back in time and look at it, there is this misconstrued notion about man as the hunter and women as the gatherer. However, when we look at modern-day ethnographic parallels amongst various ethnic groups, as well as fossil evidences, we see that this is not the case. Both men and women equally went out to hunt as well as gather. The concept of gender division of labor seems to be something that was probably developed in more recent times, probably after the advent of agriculture or even later. Right. And do you know of this paper that recently came out, which really shook the world, where they demonstrated that women actually took part in hunting activities? But for the case of South Asia, it was not as novel as the paper made it out to be. True. I mean, I guess not just South Asia. If you look at various parts of the world, be it Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, and many other regions, it's probably taken for granted that both men and women contributed equally to various social functions. Like, may it be production of art or tools or activities such as farming, hunting, gathering, maybe even leather work and other allied occupations. I mean, when we look at it, once you still had the gender division of labor coming into society and men and women being ascribed particular roles, this division was also very porous. For example, when we look at beer, the modern day beer is marketed as something which is very manly. You know, a father and son sit together and share a can of beer. However, when we look at it from the perspective of the past, brewing beer would have been ascribed a very feminine role in ancient societies. Did you know the concept of the witches is something rooted in brewing beer? I didn't know this curious connection. Just imagine if you have to brew beer, what would you need? A giant cauldron? You need cats to keep away the rats from your grains. And you need to stoop over brewing for hours at a time. 
and in the ancient past when it was very difficult to come across healthy and safe drinking water beer was a ready remedy plus it had all the proteins and nutrients you need from bread hey beer at the end of the day is liquid bread mm that's a very interesting perspective i would have never put these two things together and you know the pointy hats that witches usually wear it is said that in medieval town squares women who were used to sell beer would probably wear this to stand out from the crowd so you know to see over the crowd you'll know where exactly to head towards wow however with changing times and the advent of more capitalist markets people found an easy way to get rid of this competition of women and the brewing industry by just labeling them as witches when you look at the folklore of hansel and gretel the witch was probably just brewing beer and added the kids in it maybe that was a secret ingredient ouch i was just about to say that you're probably fueling the typical narrative of women as witches and temptresses that we come across in ancient mythologies so a woman is either the giving mother or nourishing mother or on the other end of the spectrum she's this witch with dark black magic at her dispense or a temptress who lures men in made be the siren in the seas or a fairy or a damsel in distress on land well one can never underestimate the strength of a woman at the end of the day helen of troy moved the seas and the oceans and we still talk about it to this very day but it is also quite exciting to see how women on one hand have this overwhelming appearance in cultures or mythologies but somehow in archaeological context or when we look at history or study the societies the contribution of women is conspicuous at best speaking of contributions you must have heard this she sells seashells on the seashore uh yes the famous tongue twister what of that hmm can you say it Oh my god. Um see she see she sells seashells on the seashore. Not bad. Why did you try the longer version of it? Seashell seashells on the seashore and the seashell seashells by the seashore. I'm sure are seashells from the seashore. Ooh. No, that's a hard pass. <laughs> did you know there's a story that says this could possibly be related to a pioneer in the field of paleontology what how can a tongue twister be associated with a paleontologist well while there is no actual evidence for the same many people believe that this refers to mary anning one of the pioneers of paleontology she was the one who first reported various uh, dinosaurs that we're familiar with such as the ichthyosaur or the plesiosaur the giant sea dinosaur and also one of the first ones to find the pterosaur you know the ones that fly around in the sky outside of germany in england wow i would have not known this connection unfortunately being a woman in that time period men just basically took her discoveries and made it their own not only that she also reported a lot of fish fossils and was one of the first people to identify coprolites as actually being fossilized feces until then people just assumed they were stones with bones in fossils in it and it is for this in 2010 finally the royal society acknowledged her as one of the 10 british women who influenced the history of science and hey agreed we are archaeologists and i'm nothing to do with dinosaurs but it's probably women like her 
and others who unfortunately we have no idea because well usually anonymous tends to be women at the end of the day oh my god yeah i hope down the line we recognize the contribution of women more in terms of history archaeology and other avenues of the study of the past it'll be interesting to also investigate the agency women held in the ancient societies like we know of some queens such as naganika in maharashtra for instance ruled the western ghats like a major portion of the current state of maharashtra or the queen rudrama devi from andhra pradesh or queen didda in kashmir but these are solitary examples that stand out from a swath of history of male kings heirs princes and warring principalities hmm but sometimes what happens is that while there might have been many other queens their successors and others might have actively gone around erasing their past that's right for example queen hatshepsut was probably one of the most powerful pharaohs of ancient egypt mm mm-hmm. but however her successor to ensure that he could cement his power went actively to remove hatshepsut's face and name and insignia from the pages of history or in this case the walls and stones that held her name yeah we have a similar case of razia sultan from the delhi sultanate where after a short but able rule all her memories were systematically tampered with well while in some cases some women were probably intentionally removed from their context of the past in some other cases some women were probably idolized and even deified into deities and gods speaking of such individuals we can probably take a look at mother goddess concept or mother goddesses across the cultures in the world true i mean ever since time immemorable or immemorial ever since we can remember <laughs> when we look at various cultures all over the world there is a concept of a divine mother or a mother goddess so ordinarily these mother goddesses are always associated with fertility fertility cults fecundity and from a modern context we analyze mother goddesses or fertility goddesses to be associated with agriculture and farming but that's not always the case when we look at the paleolithic there are evidences of what are called venus figurines that are also possibly called mother goddesses and maybe the onset of incipient religions and since the paleolithic or the stone age to the current times we see an evolution in the concept of mother goddesses or this nourishing aspect of the deity that continues through modern deities that are worshiped in india today such as parvati or lakshmi who are goddesses of giving and durga on the other hand is the warrior goddess who helps you defend yourself against the enemies so again there is a different flavor of her being a woman and feminine energy but these shades of being feminine or feminine energy are transparent in literature or performative traditions in south asia but i'm quite curious about how do we know of the common women who have remained voiceless or without a marked presence in the record that we haven't really got to analyzing yet hopefully only time and more research on perspectives and paradigms related to this will make it clear for us one such possible perspective is to reanalyze what we know of the past with new possible avenues for interpretation for example there are various artifacts that are called tally sticks which are either pieces of bone or stone that have lines carved on them individual marks 
while some people assume it to be a calendar some people assume it to be the origins of basic accounting there are others who probably put forth an idea that maybe this is a way to keep a check on the menstrual cycle of women that brings in a very interesting perspective of looking at everyday objects and sort of reading between the lines to look at the agency of women or interaction of women with these everyday objects because sometimes it is difficult to discern whether a particular tool has been made by a man or a woman true and i guess in the past both men and women equally worked on all aspects of human culture and this is where an important concept that is coming up in paleolithic archaeology is that of the grandmother hypothesis when we look at it humans as a species tend to have women who live beyond their age of sexual reproduction which means that while in other species when the female of the species reaches what is considered the menopausal age they quickly die off however in humans women tend to live for longer much beyond this age of sexual reproduction one of the hypotheses put forth to that is so that you would have members of society who could probably look after various members of the group be it those who are injured those who are young those who are disabled while able adults men or women could go out and gather resources even the rock art in the form of rock paintings at bhimbetkar damgad and other sites in south asia also attest to this fact that both men and women engaged equally in all the occupational activities such as hunting gathering or maybe even painting in case of rock art that's true and just taking up the aspect of grandmother and the role of grandmothers in societies like in the past and the modern context grandmothers as repository of culture or sort of holders of traditional or old knowledge is very current even in modern context so for me or other oral historians mm. out there when they go about collecting oral narratives about the past or even the present in the form of ethnographic accounts most of the grandmothers of the house know a great deal about their respective culture and that is partially because of age experience but also mostly maybe stemming out of this role which is unsaid in many cases of being a conduit of passing the traditional knowledge to the next generations and the aspect of storytelling narratives probably comes up from there and the agency of women as storytellers is somehow sometimes underplayed in historical record like we know of the bards or traveling performers but a dedicated gaze or dedicated analysis of the role of women even in the performative sector or storytelling needs to be fleshed out further indeed i mean the more voices we can get the better our understanding of the past because at the end of the day the past was as complex as the present is now even if we look at the skeletal record from south asia and the representation of women therein we know of some skeletons belonging to women in the past from the area of roopkund it is a frozen lake in the himalayas where several pilgrims possibly in the early medieval period or even a little before that were probably caught in hailstorm and made it in at the bottom of the lake and were frozen for centuries together however modern studies on roopkund data point to the role of these skeletons or these deceased people as being pilgrims we have a few of those who are women pilgrims it doesn't tell us much but it definitely points to the fact that some of the 
iterant groups or people engaged in religious pilgrimages had a participation of women and these are these tiny cues which help us weave the tapestry of history together and to really look at the agency of women in the past if we look at coin issues or inscriptions or epigraphical record we know of the presence of women in the past to some extent so in some inscriptions some women appear as queens or wives of an illustrious king or in certain other cases there are queens who are decreeing or giving out orders for building a certain tank or a temple like some cases from the kakatiya data sets from andhra pradesh but we don't really understand the overall agency of women in the society then the texts produced in those centuries give a muted existence to women and women as just a scaffolding in the society or a supportive structure that supports men in their life to proceed and prosper in life it would be worthwhile to really take a step back and understand the role of women beyond what we see in the texts or in scanty archaeological records we continually stumble upon maybe the real value will also be to investigate oral narratives and see the pathways that they lead us on so all of you wonderful people out there let us know what do you know about women in the past any hidden gems any stories you'd want us to look into or anything you'd like to share with us you can always hit us on twitter and instagram at chipinaway or write to us at chipinawayind@gmail.com until next time keep chipinaway